Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. What a great thing to be able to be here and um, enjoy and, and being with your pastor. Uh, he has preached in our church. Uh, he has been places that I've been. I've, I've, it's like we cross each other's paths, but I've never had an opportunity to, to get to know him. And I'm so thankful uh, for the privilege of being able to be here. We're going to be in Luke chapter 11. Isn't God wonderful? Man, was that song service great. We, that last song I never heard before, but we're going to sing it at, at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. What a wonderful truth that there's a God that is waiting to hear from us. There's a God that wants us to to come to him. Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Imagine that, that the God of the universe is waiting for us to come to him. He wants us to come. He gives us an invitation to come and we can come anytime and fall before him and worship him. We can walk with him as a brother. We can talk to him as a father. We are his bride. He loves us. Every intimate relationship that is described that we know of in this world, he uses to describe the relationship he wants to have with us, and he's anxious to hear from us. On Mondays at, in Las Vegas when our kids were growing up, we would always take Monday off with our family. And um, we've just made that a practice because I wanted to focus on ministering to my children. And then after my children left, I kept doing that. My wife and I would will spend Mondays together just doing things. One Monday, I, I got up, it was, uh, we got up early and we were getting ready to, to do some stuff. And I said, hey, honey, let's go to Olive Garden. Let's get some, uh, let's get some good Italian food. And so we're going go to go over to Olive Garden. That's her favorite Italian restaurant. So we decided we were heading over there. And we went there early in the, in, in, uh, the afternoon. We went there early in the afternoon because it's cheaper early in the afternoon. And uh, I'm pretty cheap. And so <clears throat> I took her there. We got there about 1 o'clock. Nobody else was in the restaurant. Uh, we went, they sat us down at a table. As, as they sat us at the table, um, a, a man, a waiter came over and said, can I help you? Can I give you a, uh, can I get you something to drink? And we just said water, but bring us water. And so they brought us water. And, and then he said, uh, what can I take? And I said, hey, I said, what's your name? And I looked at his sign on his chest and it said, Will. <clears throat> I said, um, Hey, Will, can I give you something really good? And I like to do this at the beginning of a meal just in case somebody has some questions. And he said, what's that? I said, I said uh, I'm going to give you something I wrote. And he took it and he looked at it. And he said, oh, you can know you're going to heaven. He said, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. He said, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? He said, yesterday was Sunday. I said, well, I know that. He said, uh, he said, uh, he said yesterday morning I woke up. And he said, I thought, I don't know I'm going to heaven. If something happened to me, I don't know for sure that I'm going to heaven. He said, I want to know that. And he said, it just bugged me. And he said, it was just on my, and I said, God, I want to know I'm going to heaven. How can I know I'm going to heaven? And he said, I've just sat in my room and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to church. 
It's Sunday. I'll just go to church. I'll find a church. And I, so he said, I got, I got up, I got dressed, and I just drove down the road. The first church I went to, I saw, he said, I, 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 uh, I said, well, <clears throat> th- that'll be good. And he pulled in. He said, I walked in, they were singing. And he said, so I just sat and I listened to the songs and, and I tried to sing some of the songs. Uh, and I didn't know much of them, but I, I tried to sing. He said, at the end of the service, <clears throat> he said, after the singing, this preacher got up and preached. And he said, I don't remember anything he preached. But at the end of the service, he said, he said, he invited people to come down and pray. And I thought, well, maybe that's how I'm going to find out I'm going to heaven. So he said, I walked down and he said, I, he said, I went down there and he said, I saw everybody kneeling. So he said, I kneeled down and I prayed. And he said, some people circled around me and they put hands on me and they prayed for me. And he said, then I got up and he said, I left. And he said, I still didn't know I was going to heaven. He said, I thought all day long yesterday, he thought, I really want to know I'm going to heaven. And he said, God, I really want to know I'm going to heaven. He said, he said, I went to bed last night, and he said, I got up, and he said, I went to, came to work, and I thought, how does a person find out how they can know they're going to heaven? And I said, God, I really want to know I'm going to heaven. He said, then you come in, you're my very first customers, and you gave me this. You can know you're going to heaven. He said, do you think that's of God? I said, no. I said, Will, I said, you know what that says? I said, Will, this, in this little pamphlet you'll read this. That the Bible says we're all sinners. That there's nobody in the world that's perfect. Would you agree with that, Will? He said, yeah. I said, the Bible says none of us deserve to go to heaven. Every one of us deserve to go to hell, to be separated from God forever. But the Bible says, Will, that that God loves us, even though we're sinners and we deserve to go to hell, He loves us and He wants us to go to heaven. He wants us to know for sure we're going to heaven. But but we can't get there by being good or going to church or doing anything like that. The only way we can get to heaven is if somebody pays the penalty of our sin for us. If somebody dies to pay for our sin. And I said, that's what Jesus did. God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. He came to this earth so he could pay for our sins. See, the only way we could pay for our own sin is by going to hell and being separated from God forever. But God, who is an eternal being, became a man so that at one time in space and time, he could die for all of mankind's sin at once. And he died. To pay for our sin. He went to the cross. You've heard the story of Jesus dying on the cross. He said, yeah, but I didn't know what it was about. He died, Will, to pay for your sin so you wouldn't have to pay for it yourself. He died and then he was buried, but that's not the end of the story. Three days later, he rose from the dead and was seen by hundreds of eyewitnesses. The reason we know it's true is because there were eyewitnesses and these witnesses were willing to die for what they, what they saw. People aren't willing to die for something they know is a lie. They knew that Jesus had died and was buried and rose from the dead, and and then He went back to heaven. Now, since He's paid for your sin, and He's already paid for my sin, all we have to do is acknowledge that. Come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that You are God. I know that You died to pay for my sins, and I believe You were buried and rose from the dead, and I want to ask You to be my Lord and Savior and my God. The Bible says, Will, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Will, you can do that right now. This was Will's response. No, we're in Olive Garden, and we're sitting at a table. Will has listened to this whole presentation, and Will said, can I do that right now? 
And Will bowed his head and said, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you're God. I believe you died for me, were buried and rose from the dead for me. And when I ask you to save me. And Will got up from his knees knowing he was going to heaven. Can you say amen to that? Now you say, well, I did, why did that take place? Well, yeah, you, can, you can rejoice with that. Let's praise the Lord for that. God, God is good. It's a wonderful thing to watch God work, but I want you to note this, that God did that in answer to Will's crying out saying, God, how do I know I'm going to heaven? God is waiting for us to call on Him. God is waiting for us. If, you're, if you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, all you have to do is ask Him. He'll give you eternal life. It's just that simple. He loves us and wants us to go to heaven. But He's waiting for us as Christians also to, to pray. He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to ask Him. He wants us to daily spend time before Him asking Him to supply our needs. In fact, it brings glory to Him when we come to Him and we ask Him to move in our lives. He wants us to come. I have people from time to time saying, well, I just like to go and thank God and, and rejoice in Him. And that's good, but God wants us to ask. The the word pray itself, the word pray doesn't mean to thank or, or give glory to or any of that. The word pray simply means to ask. God wants us to come to Him and ask Him for things because it shows that we're dependent upon Him. It puts us in a position where we can receive from Him and He wants us to show our dependence upon Him. He wants us to come and to ask. So the disciples come to Him in Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, the Bible says this, and it came to pass as he was praying, Jesus was asking the Father. As he was asking in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray or teach us to ask as John also taught his disciples. Hey, John's disciples taught them how to ask things from God and to get things from God. Would you teach us how to pray? We've just watched you pray. And so from verses 2 all the way through verse 13, Jesus teaches his disciples all we need to know about prayer. And we're going to examine that in detail this evening. But before we do that, I'm going to give you some, what I call today, this morning, we're going to talk about preparation for prayer. We're to come to God, and we're to come to God on a daily basis, and we're to ask things from Him. And, and by the way, people will say, well, I pray, I think we should pray all the time, and, and I have a prayer life where I'm driving down the road and I pray, and, 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 and as I'm walking I pray, and I do, and that's good, that's good. But a Christian, uh, as, as believers, I believe that God wants every one of us to have a daily time that we dedicate to prayer. In fact, look at this. Look what, look what it says in, in verse 1. There's a couple of things that I want you to see. First of all, it says in verse 1, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place. Jesus had a place of prayer. I really believe if you want to be successful in a, a, a consistent prayer life in your home someplace, you should have a designated place where you go to pray. If, uh, if my wife wakes up in the morning and I'm not in the bed, then she'll know exactly where to go to find me. 
because she'll know that I, there's a certain place in our home that I go to every morning and I spend time in prayer. She's going to find me there. As a pastor, I, I realized years ago that I had to get up very early uh, because by, by, eight, by 8 o'clock in the morning until about 9 o'clock at night, you're going to be in demand as a pastor. And I realized I was going to have to have a, a, play, a time of prayer in the morning. So, but, but, but I needed also a place. And here's why. Because when I wake up, I'm groggy. If I don't have some place, this is where I'm going to go, this is what I'm going to do, then I won't do it. So I have a place designated for prayer. And I, I, I really believe when Jesus said, when, when, when the Bible says that he was in a certain place, that Jesus had a place of prayer, that where he went, he had a place of prayer. My wife and I are doing a lot of traveling now, and, and so wherever we go, when I get there, when I park the motorhome, I decide where it is I'm going to pray the next morning. So that I have a place of prayer, number one. Number two, I want you to see this, that that he had a time of prayer. In verse two, the Bible says this, and he said unto them, when you pray. There should be not just a where, but there should be a when in the life of every Christian. That this is when I'm going to pray. I said just a few minutes ago that I get up very early somewhere. uh, For some of you that are in construction, this might seem late to you. People tell me, I get up at three o'clock in the morning. Well, Bless your heart. Uh, I get up between five and six in the morning, and I find a place, and I go to the place of prayer, and I, I've, I've done this consistently. And I find that when I know that there's a time every day that's set aside for prayer, that I'll be faithful in my prayer life. So I want to have, number one, a place of prayer, and number two, I want to have I want to have a time of prayer, a, a place and a time. Now, you say, well, I've tried that before. I, 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 years ago, I decided I was going to be consistent. I was going to set a time and I was going to pray every day at that time. And then I, I, I did it for about a week and then I blew it. And I thought, man, I just can't do this. I just can't be consistent in prayer. You know, we don't do that with anything else. We don't do that with lunch. Well, I tried that lunch thing one day. I, I tried it and I, I, I was going to have lunch at 12 o'clock and, and I did it for like three days in a row, but then I forgot on the third day and I thought, well, I just can't do lunch. So I gave up lunch. We don't do that with lunch. We Baptists don't do that with lunch. We don't do that with supper. We don't do that with anything else. But we, we allow the devil to say, hey, you just can't be consistent. No, set a time where you're going to pray. Set a place where you're going to pray and go there every day. And something happens, there's some interruption, you're gone for two days, something happens. Just have that place, have that plan that there's a place and there's a time when I'm in my home and when things are normal, I'm going to go to that place and I'm going to spend that time in prayer. Jesus had a place. Jesus had a time. Now, I believe that there are five things that you need to do every day. And these are things, I'm not telling you stuff that I think that I'm just giving you like theory. I'm telling you what I do every single day. I I did this this morning. I did this yesterday morning. I did this the day before. I'll do this tomorrow Uh, unless something prevents me. I will, this is what I do every day. And I'm just going to tell you, it'll really help you. And we're not even getting into prayer yet. We're getting into preparation for prayer. Every day, I believe that a, a Christian should bow before the Lord and worship Him. The Bible says this in Psalm 50, uh, 95 and verse 6. It says, come ye, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Every day, we as believers, I, I, I believe if Christians did this around the world, it would change our world. 
every day we ought to go before the Lord and worship Him. Worship does not mean this. Worship is not praise. Worship is not singing. The word worship in the Bible, just like prayer means to ask, the word worship means to fall down. The Bible says that the, the, the wise men came to where Jesus was, and they bowed down and they worshiped Him. The word worship means to fall before the Lord. It means to put your face to the ground. It's a position of service. It's a position of humility. So in the Old Testament, God says, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves. It's bowing before Him. And in this very action, we're saying, you're the master. I'm the servant. I deserve nothing. I bow at your feet. I am dirt. I recognize you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the master of the universe. I worship you. Every one of us ought to daily worship him. It's so sad that every day multiplied thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of Muslims will bow before a pagan god, a demon, and they will worship him. And it's known all across the world that Muslims will do that to their false god. It's time that Christians began to do what God says to do, worship Him. Now, Jesus said this, Jesus said to the woman at the well, He said, we need to worship Him in spirit and in truth. You know what that means? That means my spirit should always be bowed down to Him. Even when I'm standing, my spirit should be bowed down to Him, that you're the master, I'm the servant. We should humble ourselves before Him. But it's so important, I really believe this, if you can physically do it every day, and I do this every day, I bow before the Lord, I worship Him. Sometimes when I'm at, at, at my home, I lay down and fall down and just say, Lord, I, I worship You. I just want you to know, I worship You. You're the master. I'm the servant. And I find, I, I, sometimes I spend the, uh, an hour down there. Sometimes I just get down to worship Him and then get back up to do the rest of my morning time with God. It's important that you worship the Lord. And I would encourage you to do that. I think every Christian in the world should have a time, they should have a place, and they should bow down before Him. Secondly, I think this, that every day, and, and this is something we ought to do, every day we ought to thank Him. Every day we ought to thank Him. The Bible says in Psalm 100 and verse 4, enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Go before Him, bow before Him, and just thank Him. You say, what do I thank Him for? Anything. Thank Him that you're kneeling on carpet and not dirt. Thank Him that you live in America. Thank Him. If you, if you, if you have somebody in your house that said, I love you, thank Him that somebody loves you. Thank Him for anything. Thank Him for the good things that He's given to you. We live in the most ungrateful uh, country in the world. We have everything and we complain about the fact we, we don't have our second car is broken. Uh, we, 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 our, our TV screen isn't big enough. Uh, we, we complain about everything. Oh, look what they're taking away from us now. But look what we have left. Look at what we have. Man, you're living in communist California, but God has still blessed you immensely. 
You have so much. I mean, you've got nice soft pews. What a beautiful facility. You've got brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And you don't have to thank him for all the things because that could take you all day long. But thank him for something. Every day, every day you ought to find a time where you can bow before him and then you should thank him for something that he has done for you. Thank him. Thank him for your salvation. What a wonderful thing that God loved us so much that he became a man and suffered and died to pay for our sins. What a wonderful God we serve. Thank him. Then after you thank him, then you should take time to praise him. Praise him. You say, now, here's the difference. You say, what's the difference between thanking and praising? Pastor, I, I, this is, this is um, what thanking is. I say, thank you preacher, for inviting me to come. Thank you for just being gracious to me. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for feeding me yesterday. Uh, thank you for taking care of me. That's thanks. That's thanks. Praise is, man, you're a sharp guy. Man, look at you. Your wife dressed you so nice uh, today. Uh, that's praise. Praise is, man, look at the smile on your face. Look at the, you, you know, you're just, you're just an amazing, wonderful guy. Most people say stop. He's saying, come on. <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is, we, that's praise. There's a whole lot of difference between thanks and praise. God wants us to tell him how wonderful he is. God wants us to out loud say, you are wonderful, to tell him how wonderful he is and praise him. God, and you say, and, and, and if you're like me, you might be limited in your vocabulary. I'm not really good with words with like, I know like one syllable and two syllable words. I have to work at the two syllables, but I'm not good with all those wonderful things. That, and and I, I have these great thoughts about the Lord. And so, but I can't sometimes vocalize them, but that's why God gave us songwriters. God gave us songwriters so that we can praise Him, and you don't have to think about what, I want to say you're marvelous and great, but God gives us a songwriters like the songs that we sang this morning about how wonderful, great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. Oh, I love that verse that says, that says, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. He gives us His presence. Wow. You can praise him. I, I sing to the Lord every morning. Every morning I sing, uh, your name is wonderful. Your name is wonderful. Your name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, you are the mighty king. You're master of everything. Your name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord, you're the great shepherd. See, I wouldn't think of that. You're the rock of all ages. Almighty God are you, I bow down before you, I love and adore you, your name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. I sing that to him every day. You say, you sing the same song to him every day? Yeah, and you know what, he likes it. He likes it. My wife says, I love you to me every day. I never say, I'm tired of you saying that. Would you say I like you or something? Would you say something else? Would you say how wonderful I am? Just, not, I love, I, anytime she says I love you, I want to hear it. Look, God wants to hear you praise Him. God wants to hear you thank Him. God wants you to worship Him. God wants you to praise Him. And you ought to do that on a daily basis where you're coming to Him, spending that time with Him. Then once you've thanked Him, once you've praised Him as you're worshiping Him, the next thing you need to do is confess your sin to Him. Now, 
God talks to us about confession of sin. And when we get into the Lord's prayer list, which we'll get into tonight, we'll see that he says, uh, pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against me. But when he talks, when we're talking about confession, I want you to understand what, why God wants us to confess to him. You see, Satan has the ability through his demons, he's, he's a limited being, by the way, he can only do so much, but he has a, a horde of demons, devils that come and fight us. And when we're praying, the Bible tells us that we're actually entering into the battle. That's when we we're take, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, we're to take on the whole armor of God and we're to enter into prayer. That's why we take on the armor of God, to enter into prayer, because we're walking into a spiritual realm. So, we, 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 uh, God wants us to come to Him, and we need to recognize at that point that Satan is doing everything he can to mess with us. And what he does is he puts thoughts into our mind. His, his, his devils, his demons put thoughts in our mind. So, he puts thoughts of contention. That brother, that person calls himself a Christian, but they're not really, they can't be Christians. They, look at what they do. He puts thoughts in our minds about other Christians. And so I have to be, I have to be aware of that. And I have to say, God, I want to confess to you, that's a wrong thing to think negative about my brother. He'll give us thoughts of discouragement. And I have to say, God, I want to confess to you that there is a spirit of, of discouragement. He'll put thoughts of fear in our minds. God, I want to confess to you there are thoughts of fear. Or anger in my mind. There's, I'm angry with this person. I confess to you, that's not the way I should be. I confess to you, God, that these are wrong thoughts and that there are spirits. I confess to you these spirits of wickedness. We need to understand there are demonic spirits around us that put thoughts in our minds. And God wants us to confess those thoughts. When I'm angry, when I'm mad at my wife uh, uh, because she's not treating me the way I should be treated, I, I, I need to confess that. God, forgive me for my poor little boy attitude. Forgive me. I confess that to you. I'm confessing to you that thought is wrong. I'm confessing to you my thought about my brother, my, my, comp my competitive spirit is, is wrong. I confess that to you. Do you know that any, any win for any Christian in this world anywhere is a win for you? Say amen to that. Anytime any Christian wins, man, you should be rejoicing and praising the Lord. That's a wonderful thing. But Satan will put a, a spirit of competition in your mind. So a Christian brother wins and you say, why couldn't that be me? That came from the devil. And so we need to confess those things. So what I, what I need to do is I need to uh, worship the Lord. I need to thank him. I need to praise him. And I need to confess. I tell people, if you can't think of anything to confess, just ask your wife. She'll give you several things that you can confess. Just confess. Confess those things to God. That's, there's the four things. The fifth thing that you need to do is every day you need to tell the Lord you love him. You need every day say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Heavenly Father, I love you. Uh, 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 Holy Spirit, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Just tell him I love you. Listen, he wants to hear that from you. He wants to hear that from you. You say, how do you know that? Listen, there's a story in the Bible you may be familiar with. It is a guy named Peter. You remember what Peter did? Peter the big mouth? He may be like you and me. He, uh, he, said, uh, he said, 
listen, uh, Jesus, what are you doing? Jesus said, I'm about to go out. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to make some confrontations here. And Peter said, I'll go with you and I'll die with you. And Jesus said, Peter, you're not going to go and die with me. In fact, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. I'll never deny you. And you know, Peter went out and did. He denied him three times. Boom, boom, boom. Right there in the presence of Jesus. Right there, Jesus, the Bible says, when he denied him the third time, in John, the Bible says he turned and he looked at Peter. Wow. And Peter went out and wept. He denied him three times. Look, treat me bad one time, and I don't really want... I don't care about you the rest of my life. Uh, if, I, if I somehow get together with you and you treat me bad a second time, man, I'm going to write you off. And if I see you in the grocery store, I'm turning around and going the other way. I don't want to see you. Do, not, do, do something to me three times. I'm really thinking I'm stupid for allowing this to happen the third time. Jesus was denied three times. And, and, Jesus, and Jesus is taken off to the cross, goes through the agony of death, goes through all of that. And then shortly after that, after Jesus rises from the dead, he sees Peter. Now, if that was me, I'd have said, Peter, I told you that was going to happen. Peter, why did you do that? Why didn't you listen to me? You never, ever listened to me. That's what me, I would have done. But here's what Jesus said. Oh, Peter, come over here. Let me fix you a fish dinner. Peter, I want to ask you a question. Oh, what's he going to ask? Just want to know, do you love me? Wow. He wanted to hear from Peter the worm, I love you. You know what he wants to hear from you and me? Why in the world would God want a worm like Dave Tice to say, I love you? I have no idea. But he wants me to say, I love you. So every single day, I'm going to go to Jesus, and I'm going to say, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Heavenly Father. And, and you know what? He knows I'm, I've got a selfish love. He knows I'm selfish in my love. He knows that. You say, how do you know that? Because he says in John, he says, we love him because he first loved us. The only reason I love him is because of what he did for me. He suffered and died and went through the agony of the cross so I could have eternal life. I love him selfishly. I love him because of what he did. People say, well, we should love him because of the greatness of who he is. Yeah, I love him because of what he did. He died for me. And he knows that my love is a selfish love, but that doesn't curtail his love for me. And he wants me just to say, I love you. And I say, Lord, I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, uh, Heavenly Father. I, I love you. I love you. And he wants to hear it. He wants to hear it from you. He wants to hear it from me. I have a grandson, my oldest grandson's named Jonathan, when he was four years old. And Jonathan loves me. And he just thinks I'm the greatest thing since popcorn. Uh, he really thinks I'm a great guy. I, I got a little red Mustang that somebody bought for me several years ago. And uh, he loved, when he was little, uh, I think still, now that he's 20 years old, he still, uh, he likes my red Mustang. It's a red Mustang convertible. And I look pretty cool in it. And, uh, and so uh, I, well, I, I, was, I hadn't seen him for about two weeks. And my wife and I drove, got our Mustang, we drove up to... Uh, Mount Charleston. I said, hey, when we get to Mount Charleston, we're going to be having, it was a big 4th of July picnic and all our church was there. I said, before we see anybody else, I just want to see Jonathan. I want to see Jonathan. And she said, me too. And so we got out of, we, we pulled our car up and, uh, and uh, I, 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 I said, let's go find Jonathan. We started walking through the crowd and pretty soon a a group of a bunch of four and five-year-old kids started running through. I mean, there was like 20 of them. 
And I'm looking and I see Jonathan. He's sort of leading the pack. They're running, they're running. And, and I did a dumb grandfather thing, right? I saw Jonathan and I thought he'll be as anxious to see me as I am to see him. And so I yelled, hey, Jonathan. And he's with all of his buddies, you know? It's not cool to, for grandpa to you know, be bugging him. And I said, hey, Jonathan. And Jonathan stopped in his tracks and he turns around and he looks at me. And he said, oh, hey, everybody. I thought, I, when I did that, I thought, I've embarrassed him. He said, he, it didn't embarrass him. He saw, saw he said, oh, hey, everybody, that's my grandpa. And in the midst, he ran through the, all those kids and he came up and he gave me a hug around my knee and he said, I love you, grandpa. And you know what? I thought, I don't want to hear that again. No, I just loved him, I hugged him, I hugged him, and he said, I love you. And then he left and ran off. Man, I never get tired of that. I never get tired of hearing I love you. Jesus wants you to tell him, I love you. I love you. I want you to see here that, that, that every day, every day, God's waiting for you to come. You need to have a time. You need to have a place. You need to bow down and worship him. You need to thank him. You need to praise him. You need to confess your sin to him. You need to tell him that you love him. Now, let me say this. Let me, let me give you just one more thing. In verse 2, it says, and, and he said unto them, when you pray, say. The word say means this. It means to speak out loud. It means to, to, to vocalize. Over and over in the Old Testament, the psalmist said, my voice shall thou hear in the morning. I will cry unto you. That means I'm going to speak out loud to you. He tells him to pray vocally. And he says, Jesus says in the New Testament, when you pray, say, speak out loud. Now, why? Why is that so important? It's important that you pray out loud. Somebody said, just so you'll stay awake and not fall asleep. And that's good. And by the way, you can pray and you can talk to the Lord in your mind. So, so, so like uh, uh, when there's a bunch of people around, you can pray and God will hear your thoughts. But here's why God wants us to pray out loud. This is why God wants us to speak out loud. Because even though he's omniscient and knows everything that we're thinking, demons are not omniscient. Angels are not omniscient. And the Bible tells us, and we see this in the story of Job, the Bible tells us that, that when you bow before him and worship him, there's, a, there's at least a, a demon, or maybe two demons, and there's angels that are there present with you. So you go into a room, a closet by yourself. That's what Jesus said to do in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6. He said, enter into a closet and shut the door behind you. Now there's nobody there but you and God physically, but there's also some demons that are there. And there are some angels that are there. And in Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says we take on the whole armor of God, then we enter in. Now what happens? This is amazing. You're entering into spiritual battle. And you bow before God, you bow before Him, and the demons see that. And the angels hear that. And you bow before him, and then you say, you, 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 you tell him, you're the master and I'm the servant. And then you tell him, thank you for everything you've given to me. 
And then you tell him you're wonderful and you sing to him and the angels are rejoicing and the demons are cringing and God the Father is being glorified in the spiritual realm. As you are doing this now in the physical realm, but you're doing it in the spiritual realm, you are there before Him, and they can hear you praise Him, and they can hear you thank Him, and then they can hear you confess, God, somebody's given me a, uh, somebody, uh, there's a, a, a spirit of doubt, I confess that to you. I, there's a, a spirit of contention, I, I confess that to you. I, there's a spirit of, of, of of, uh, of oppression in my mind. I'm angry. I, I confess that to you. Confess to you my selfishness. I have to confess that a lot. I confess to you my selfishness. And I want you to know that I love you. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Heavenly Father. And as you're doing that, demons are watching. And they're cringing. And angels are watching. And it's bringing glory and honor to him. And once you've done that, then I do this every morning. Once you do that, then you, sit, you, you, you begin to pray. And you say, um, you say, Father, I'm asking you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Control me. I have in my prayer diary a little circle. And it says, help me to praise and thank and glorify and honor and bless. Help me not to complain or grumble or backbite or judge or blaspheme. Control my mouth so that my mouth will bring praise to you. I pray that every day. Lady asked me, radio station, I was being interviewed. She said, she said, how come? She said, uh, she said, what do you pray every day? And I told her I prayed that. I pray every day. Oh, Lord, help control my tongue. Because I'm, I grew up in a family that the way we showed expressions of love to each other was insulting each other. Uh, I was the baby of the family, and I got hit a lot. That was an expression of love. And uh, I got Charlie horses, and my knuckles were twisted, and I was beaten up, and, and that was love. So, uh, I, and, and so I became very sharp-tongued, and I could I very ins easily insulting of people. So I have every day, I say, Lord, help me, to, help me to praise and thank and glorify and honor and bless. Help me not to complain or grumble or backbite or judge or blaspheme. This uh, radio station manager said, that's why you're so nice. I say, I'm not nice. God controls my tongue. And, and, and that's the way it is. You just need to ask God to control you. So every day, Ask God to fill you, ask God to control you, and then you've prepared for prayer. I call this preparation for prayer. Uh, we need daily to prepare ourselves for prayer, and then we need to pray what Jesus told us to pray. Tonight in the evening service, I'll share with you what Jesus taught us to pray and how he taught us to pray it and why he taught us to pray it. I hope you won't miss that. But right now, let's just review quickly what he said, or what we've said so far. Number one, have a place, have a time where you go before him, you worship him, you, you thank him, you praise him, you confess to him, you tell him you love him, and then ask him to control your tongue that you might bring glory and honor to him and when you do that, you are now prepared to ask him. And Jesus said, you can ask him for anything according to his will, and it'll be done. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.